Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Tradies, a podcast brought to you from myself, host Monique Dralovac, bricklayer and owner of mjbricklaying.co. I have created this podcast to motivate, inspire and educate, bring you to a choice of topics from inside the construction industry, women in trades, mental health and wellness, along with a bit of fun. Hello everyone and welcome back to Let's Talk Tradies. Today I have with me Scott who is the owner of the Brick Business and Melbourne Masonry with me today. Um, This is my last podcast I'll be recording in Melbourne so how exciting. (laughs) Thank you for joining me today Scott. Yeah g'day thanks for having us. (laughs) All right so Scott do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah so I'm Scott. Um, I'm a Melbourne based brickie. Um, Been in the trade for about 15 years and I'm the co-founder of Melbourne Masonry and the Brick Business. Um, I love solving problems and I love helping people. Uh, so what made you start getting into bricklaying in the industry? So my dad, um, he's a brickie, so second generation brickie. Um, so yeah, been around job sites for a long time since I was very young. Actually remember I met my brother when we were like three and four, I think we we're passing bricks down a retaining wall and actually dropped one on his head and knocked him out. Oh my so God. from very young days we we're playing with bricks. Um, and that sort of evolved into learning bricklaying. Um, I didn't actually learn from my dad. He had, he had his hips replaced in his like late thirties, early forties. Um, so to get out of the trade mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, my brother, he was a couple of years older than me, started an apprenticeship and one school holidays, I just went in and worked with him and loved the challenge and I never went back to school. So, um, I didn't mind school, but I actually, yeah, just liked the physical challenge of it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's all hands-on physical work. Yeah, yeah, it's very challenging. So I think you've got to have that mindset to just, yeah, have a challenge, go at it, go hard. And, mm. yeah, if you enjoy that, then bricklaying is definitely the trade for oh, you. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> you definitely have to have a passion for it to do it. Yeah, sure. Um, going back to you dropping a brick on your um, brother's head, I actually had a brick dropped on my head during my apprenticeship as well. Oh, my God, I had to get stitches. <laughs> that was not yeah, ideal. Not <laughs> yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your business, Melbourne Masonry? Yeah, so uh, Melbourne Masonry, we started it in 2015 with me, my brother and my best mate who actually grew up with as well. Um, We all had our own businesses and decided that let's do it together and see if we can do it better. Um, And we kind of started it and we said, all right, well, as long as it's more profitable and enjoy it together, then we'll do it together. And um, yeah, and it has evolved a long way. Um, In the original days, we're just trying to like systemize the business got up to about 90 guys that wasn't working for us. Um, you know, we started doing supply and install and just doing a whole, like a whole lot of different types of work. And we, yeah, we, we found our niche, um, doing lightweight bricks. So, um, they're like brick slips, the thin bricks that they're all the rage now, but we've been doing them for a long time. Um, and really just finding sort of complex jobs now and making them prefabricate, take it off site and then bring it out to site and put them up. So, sort of removing that headache of Bricky's on site. Mm. Um, yeah, that's sort of what we're focusing on now. Yeah. Solely, so yeah. So how many people are in your business now? So now we've got um, internally, so like employees, probably like 15. Um, we've got a few on the office and yeah, a few guys on site. And we've got a few subby crews we work with as well. Yep. So there's actually in the team now, we actually have carpenters, caulkers and Bricky's. So it's like a Okay. Mix. Yeah. Yeah, so you're quiet. Yeah, mixed then at the moment. Yeah, it's a mixed bag at the How moment. How do you go with that? Yeah, it's good. I just found that some of the work we do now, um, it's just more efficient having, you know, so carpenters send a set out and bracketry is easier for them and they're just much more used to doing that. 
Yeah. Um, and the corkers very very clean, high attention to detail, um, and we found them to sort of blend in really well. So they usually do the mortar corking. So um, in the lightweight systems, you'll use like an oversized corking gun and point the mortar in that way. So they're used to using a corking gun and very efficient with it. And the brickies that we've got, they're just really good all-rounders. These guys have been with us like pretty much from the start, the guys that are left now. Um, and, yeah, really good guys, good attention to detail. And just, yeah, I think with bricklaying, brick you um, learn problem-solving a lot. So, mm, you do? Yeah. Yeah, so um, trial and error really as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So do you have any apprentices or anything? No, we actually have no apprentices anymore. Um, a couple of the guys that are with us now uh, did their apprenticeship with us. Um, and, yeah, no, no apprentices anymore. So we've kind of been downscaling for the last couple of years. So um, there's a lot more design and prep work that goes into these jobs. We actually need less labour. So we might be designing for six months prior um, but enables us to put up like a whole facade in a quick time period and we don't need as many guys. So, um, yeah. So what is the future plan for Melbourne Masonry then? So you said you were downsizing. What's the, yeah. so what's we're, the at, we're at a pretty good amount of guys now. Um, probably not going to downsize too much more and we are going to just keep focusing on what we're doing now, which is really, it's really the f- complex jobs. So the jobs that are like really hard to design, um, they, their site access is terrible and the program's like really tight. So they're always generally commercial jobs. Um, where those factors are in play, then the offsite modular is a, it's a good option for the job. So we're just going to keep doing that and focusing on that and doing the, the cool jobs that we want to do. Yeah. Do you find that you do a lot more like commercial based work rather than residential? Yeah. We just find that <clears throat> um, with the cost per square metre, um, the system works out a lot more expensive. So you, it really only works out for jobs where they've got high liquidated damages, high, you know, site costs. If you can save them a few weeks on site, it's on these big commercial sites, it's saving them a lot of money. So yeah, right. um, yeah for the residential, it, it's not really feasible. Like I even say to builders now, if you can lay bricks there, just lay bricks. But if it's really complex and it meets this other criteria, then it's definitely worth looking at. Yeah. So it's not a cheaper option um, and that's why it's not a fit for all jobs. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, so being a bricking and business owner in Melbourne, would you say it's a highly competitive trade? Yeah, I I think it is. Um, it's a bit weird because like there's there's I'd, I'd say there's a shortage of good brickies, mm. um, and it's part of the reason why we niche down into our niche and really just do that and do it well. Um, means there's less competition there. So yeah, yeah. I think yeah for anyone, I think finding your niche is what you need to do. Yeah, I um I think I did mention this in one of my last um podcast episodes, but I had a bricky from Melbourne and he was saying that they during the boom they took on a whole heap of apprentices and then as soon as like it started to quiet down they just sucked all of them. Yeah. It did doesn't you, surprise me. Yeah. 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 I guess it probably did happen a little bit back in Perth as well. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's just crazy the way people can just Well to be just honest, don't care. I can't even find them anymore. So no, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been really hard to find good apprentices that will, you know, have a car and they're keen and Yeah, exactly. And whatnot. So um and the the other reality of it too is that they you know, it does cost you a bit per week. So mm. um, you know, we've just yeah, it just hasn't really been a fit apprentices anymore. So we, we do require a bit more skills though. So you're not just laying bricks, so it's probably not the right company to be working for if you really want to be a bricklayer laying bricks, like we're not laying With bricks. We yeah. really don't lay bricks much anymore. So yeah. um, on the jobs where we do lay bricks, if we're going lightweight, it'll be usually from like first floor up. So ground floor will have brick work and we'll tr- um, transition it into the lightweight panels. 
Mm. Yes, there's a lot more detail there. Yeah. So after starting the brick business, you then decided to create a page where you, you explain... No, sorry, after starting in Melbourne Masonry, you then started the brick business, which is another Instagram page that you help to, I guess, what show off the um, business side of things and breaking it down to yeah. followers, really. So do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so um, the original story of the brick business was, yeah, we started just before COVID um, and, again, like went through a lot of self-discovery with starting, growing, running a business, you know, having the highs and lows and just really zoomed back out and worked out what I wanted to do. Um, and yeah, one of the things that kept coming back is that I love helping people um, and I love systemizing things and taking the stress out of things. So for me, that was like, yeah, why I wanted to start the brick business. And really we just, we started with products that people had been reaching out um, that we'd been building for our business. So like the trailers um, and then we had the software that we'd build for our business and a few other products that we were building just to improve our efficiency and remove stress from the job. Um, and we had some people reaching out wanting to purchase, um, get on the app and that. So we yeah, decided why not, let's do the brick business. Um, and we've just sort of followed the journey. We originally out, we were doing a lot of, um, the custom bricky trailers. Um, we developed our own that was based off like our trucks we've built up over years. Um, and I think we've got like maybe like 120 or so trailers around Australia. So, um, my brother, Mark, who's in the business as well, he's been fabricating since a young age. So, so the trailer business is your business as well? Yeah. So which is, we, we've kind of gone through a transition though. We're still doing the trailers, but really we're not advertising. It's not our main function. We're just, um, it's more, they're still there. We're still selling. side thing. Yeah. Because we're just sort of, yeah. What happened is, um, we learn a lot about manufacturing and my brother now uses his skills. He learned through that to, um, help with the modularizing of the brickwork. So you sort of needed in that side of the business now a lot because there's been a lot of critical projects to get done. So hence why we've had to sort of wind that back a little bit. But um, I have still been focusing pretty heavily on the software side of things and trying to bring solutions into the market for brickies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what's the, I guess, future goals for the brick business? So the future goals for the brick business is really um, just – trying to share what we've learned with other brickies like, yeah. so they don't have to go and learn some of the hard roads I've been down. Um, and just trying to like business is hard. Like you start off and especially in a brickie, you don't know really anything about business. Yeah, so no. you're winging it. Um, and just trying to break down some of the lessons. Like it might seem silly, like, and, and simple, but you know, when you're in it and you're a brickie and you're working hard every day and it's the last thing you're thinking about, like sometimes it can help. Yeah. So really chat, having an impact um, in the industry and helping people is wh where I want to go with it. Yeah. Have you ever had any backlash from have, having the app? Um, Do you know there's a few people out there that are like, oh, you've got that wrong? Have yeah. Have that? Yes and no. I mean, you're always going to have a percentage of people. It's just not yeah. for them and that's fine. Yeah. Um, there's still, I've done some polls on, on our Instagram and I think there was, it was crazy the amount of people that are still quoting from a napkin essentially. Um, and I, I just can't comprehend that, but if it works for you, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to create things that are easy to use and easy to understand. So it's not work. There's a lot of apps and stuff out there that are just so complex and so much stuff that it's just not actually easier to use. Mm. I started my um, business actually when I was, my first Brickland business when I was 18. So I was just waiting to get my license. I had all my tools I bought from apprenticeship. Uh, yep. And then to be honest, I started way too early. Like I was really stressed out. Um, I got through it, but 
it was probably some of the most stressful and darkest mm. times. And, you know, I wasn't sure about, I, I just shouldn't have been, I shouldn't have been doing it yet. So luckily I got through it and worked it out. I but know. Yeah. At least like you did, you still push through. Cause um, when I signed off the apprenticeship program that I was through, like my boss was like, I said to him, I was going to go change teams and work for someone else for a while because I wanted to have that experience anyway. And I'm paying good. Um, <laughs> but um, he was like, just go start your business. And I was like, no, I don't want to start my business yet. Like, I, like it's too early. I don't even know half the shit. Um, He's like, no. Nah. He was like, you're stupid to go work for someone else. He was like, you know what you're doing. He was like, you just go start your business. I'm like, no. So I was hesitant about that because I didn't even want to start my business at that point in time. I was like, I don't even know if I wanted to do a business. Um, But then six months after working with this bloke, I was like, yeah, nah, I'm definitely starting my business. But I'm glad I worked with him because I learned a lot of what extra tips and tricks of what to do and what not to do. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely find that the most stressful was having a big team. Yeah. Um, and I think that was just by me putting a lot of trust into thinking people were qualified and yeah. but I, I didn't triple check the work really. Like I think if I hadn't, cause there was a few courses and stuff that I was doing at the time and like they were all qualified brickies. And I, so I left them alone a few times yeah. and then it'd be like the end of the job. I'd get a call back. Like it'd just be like little things, but yeah. it's still annoying yeah. and it just started getting stressful. And then it was more stressful for the fact that I was like making sure there was always going to be constant work yep. and, you know, making sure scaffolds there and like all the things. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think, um, one of the misconceptions is that you do need to run your own business to be wealthy and make a good living. And I actually, I used to think that, and I think that's inbred in the trade, but I actually don't believe that's true. You can invest well and have a good job on wages and, oh, yeah. you know, you can do it that way. I think everyone's in that mindset of you're just going to make no money unless you're running your business. Yeah, um, no. So, but at the same time, I think if you're someone that's driven and you love the challenge, then you're going to enjoy yeah. the journey. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Push that up. We're good now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are some of the behind the scenes difficulties that you have had to experience being a business owner? Yeah, there's been a hell of a lot. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely hell of a lot. Um, yeah. And it, I mean, it, it's only really been the last sort of few years that um, things have started going well, I suppose. Um, I think when you start your business, you're just very fearful. Um, maybe you're doubting yourself and you. it's not until you get a few runs on the board that you really start to I guess, uh, trust yourself and get a bit more confident. Yeah, and then once that happens, it's very motivating and, yep. you know, it's a bit easier then. But, I mean, we've had, yeah, just a, a number of things, but like some stupid stuff like having our trucks break down in one of the tunnels at peak hour and, you know, having the worker call me going, I've just pulled over and like, mate, just keep going, get out of the tunnel and, you know, just small stuff like that to, you know, to big stuff, which is like, you know, unexpected big tax bills coming in and, mm. you know, managing cash flow and yep. just trying to learn it all, learn the numbers, like it's hard. Like, yeah. And I've just taken the mindset. There's two mi like things that I've really, I mindset that I um, use, which is like any number one is anything that happens, even if it's bad, you can always make good out of it. Yeah. And like just taking that approach has always served me well. Number two is um, always just chasing what stresses me out, what scares me, what's stressing me out. Do it and do it more. So that has been another thing that has served me quite well is just being un just being comfortable being uncomfortable yeah yeah i think everyone faces that but i just go at it now um i used to be really anxious when i was like going through my teenage years and and yeah i just kept doing things that scared me and just got easier so and that's the growth mindset as well rather than the fixed mindset is that if you are willing to take the challenge and like con the more you live out of your comfort zone the more you're going to gain yeah exactly and that's it's most rewarding as well 
Yeah. Doing something that's hard and then achieving it. I think that's what brings happiness. So have you ever experienced any injury in your trade? No. So not in the trade, um, but getting off the tools more is when my body is starting to it's getting very stiff, very sore. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So I think just got to keep moving. Um, yeah. But yeah, never had any issues on site. But yeah, I think just looking at my old man um, and how he, I think he did double stories on his own for 10 years and just completely just. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're constantly climbing up down ladders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he, he was setting up quick stage scaffolding and, you know, doing it all himself. So he's really hard worker. Um, and I just seen that like, yeah, you, you've got to, <laughs> you've got to look after yourself. Otherwise, you, you know, it's not going to last. Mm. That's why I'm so big on the gym as well as like, well, I want, I go to the gym for mental health, but I also yeah. love just getting my body moving because you're doing the same repetitive thing all the time. Yeah. So being able to like stretch out and move in different ways is great. Yeah, for sure. I found that being off the tools, I've had to old gym sometimes twice a day just because really? I'm just used to, you know, it's really just about the mindset more than anything and the um, get up early, yeah, do the gym and then I box as well. So um, yeah, yeah, so about three or four times a week doing that. So for Melbourne Masonry, it's really um, just having like a difficult job and, and seeing the end result. That's pretty rewarding. And I would say the brick business is definitely more rewarding for me. And it's really just uh, it's getting the phone calls and the text messages and, you know, the, the, the impactful stuff of how much I've helped someone. Um, like for one example, I've got one guy who started with me. Um, he's a good mate of mine now as well. And he got on the app when I first, like he first launched it. He bought a trailer, started his business, and he's now, that was like two and a half, three years ago, he's now got 25 guys, he's got four trailers, he's doing um, commercial work, he, he's just, yeah, and just seeing that growth with him, like, and, and seeing someone else killing it, like, that's mm. my motivator. Do you find that you have, like, a really good relationship with, like, a lot of brickies out there then? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely got a good group of guys that I can speak to, and yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to growing that as well. Is it a good community out here? I think so. I think, um, I think... There's a small, there's a minority that's very loud and and mm. <laughs> it wouldn't say in the growth mindset, but there's a lot of really good guys out there too, yeah, and, and girls. Um, so yeah, getting to meet them and and helping them is just awesome. Yeah, yeah. one thing that um I enjoy as well is that when you do work around like the same sort of areas and you actually start to get to know the other brickies and stuff and like you kind of build that little bit of a relationship with them. That's fun. Yeah, for sure. So I love about the trade. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in our early days with Melbourne Masonry, we had, um, we had big hulks on all our trucks. We had about 10 trucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think it was quite intimidating. Like everyone seeing them going, what's going on here? And our trucks are everywhere. Um, but then once we started the brick business and we, we kind of, yeah, we, started helping guys and talking more and sharing what we're doing. And yeah, then we definitely saw the, um, just saw it grow and yeah, build our network, which yeah, it's really good. I'm grateful for. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm. All right. So you were mentioning that you are creating an app or still in the mix of creating an app called lane master. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, we released better brick just to like a small group of guys, um, about, about two and a half years ago. Um, and it was originally built, for our business, which is a, is a web app to help you manage your bricklaying business. Through that, um, the intention was to really just learn about what guys needed, uh, you know, what, what their pain points are and just learn more about the industry. Um, so about a year ago, so I've been building the new, um, the new uh, app. I've just been building the designs and having to think about what to do. And I just noticed that like how um, 
like busy you are in your day and like the last thing you want to be doing is any sort of extra work. So I thought about how can I help these guys without asking them to do anything extra. So um, with a smartwatch now, they've got so many sensors in them. You can, you can actually, we're, we're using it to track how many bricks you can lay live. So if you look at your watch during the day, it'll tell you how many bricks you laid and even the pace at what you're laying bricks at. So like a speeder, like a car. Um, and yeah, the idea is to release this and we actually want to have for a bit of fun, we want to have a, a global leaderboard as well. So oh, you yeah. can actually see, like, I think Australia's got the quickest brickies in the world. So I want to put it out there and, <laughs> and prove it. <laughs> oh, so God. I think the days of like, I think how far techs come now, like if we sent a man to the moon many, many years ago, it's like surely we can, you know, track the amount of bricks that are being laid. Yeah. So it's not so much about tracking. It's more about being rewarded for your effort. So like if you're an employee, like, you know, being rewarded if you're putting in, but then secondly, um, understanding, you know, every day where you're at, how much money you made. Yeah. You know, well, that's made. it as well. Rather yeah. than counting bricks. So much exactly easier. right. And then just like, you know, a bit of competitive fun too. We're all competitive. We all mm-hmm. want to lay the most amount of bricks, oh, you know, yeah. we all want to be rewarded. We all want to be recognized. So until someone's um, like, Oh no, you didn't lay any more. I'm way better. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So next year, the plan is to, um, release that um early next year and then i'm gonna i'll probably be traveling around a bit of australia and going to see guys and um really just see how many problems i can solve there's actually a lot of like in bricklaying everything it revolves around your output and how many bricks you're laying so there's a lot more that you can actually learn about your business than just how many bricks you're laying you know when you're going to finish your job you know like the peak times of the day that you lay the most peak times of the year like yeah there's so many things so that's what I'm excited about, the amount of problems I can solve for these guys mm. without actually requiring them to do anything. The weather has such a big part in bricklaying as well. Like you definitely don't make money a lot in winter compared to summer. Yeah, agreed. So, Yeah, so I guess that's purpose. Yeah. <laughs> another, um, another thing like is a pretty strong belief of mine is um, to, the, to the detriment of the trade, I think there's a lot of guys that have unrealistic views on what they're actually laying every day. Um, yep. When we went back over, you know, we had 10 crews doing double stories and we looked at the numbers, like it's actually pretty, it's a lot lower than you think. Like if you average it out over sill days and setup days and rain days, oh, yeah. and it's actually a lot lower. And I think people, yeah, I think it's it's hard. You don't, you, you don't try and remember your bad days, but you always remember your good days. So I think, um, you know, you know, the saying, a rising tide lifts all boats. So if we can get everyone understanding a bit more, I think it's going to be much better for the trade. Do you know what's quite interesting that you say that? Because I've got, the, he's an old bricky that used to work with us when I was doing my apprenticeship and he's started a business now and he, um, well, I'm not really like, like close with him, but like I've heard stories of him yeah. <laughs> and um, he will just, he'll, so they'll lay, you know, like 500 bricks or what, 500 bricks each or whatever they reckon, um, up to Smoko and it'd be like 12 o'clock and they're like, fuck this. Yeah. Like I've laid, I've made so much money today. Let's go home. <laughs> so he does that and he's done it a few times now. So yeah. he's just like got to a certain point in the day thinking he's like done all these cream runs. He's smashed out. He's made thousands of dollars. Yeah. And then, you know, the next day you're doing garage peers. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like I think some people are just, just, obviously forget about those days yeah. where it's like, I'm definitely wary of those days. <laughs> no, they're the days to get you. Like I said, you, you forget about money. those. All mm. the days where you're missing stuff, you don't have anything there, yep. um, you know, or it rains or it's too windy or, you know, it's just so many things on the job. You, you need, you got a gap of two days. Like they, they're the killers. It's not about when you're laying bricks. It's about when you're not laying bricks. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 
And okay, you you worked a bit in Perth as well back for about six months. Yeah. Um, how do you find the difference between Perth and Melbourne is because, you know, we're standing window frames. Did you do double brick over there? Yeah. Yeah, so you're standing like window frames and everything. Do you find that was like a waste of money or do you find that it wasn't too bad in the variation? No, well, to be honest, I think Perth Brick is absolutely blessed with the way that you guys get to build. Yeah. Um, it was hard when we went over there. I literally just had the rings and builders, and I just—I think the first builder asked where I was from, and I said Melbourne, and he—I think he pretty much just hung up the phone. Um, so the next the next builder I rang, I told him I was from Perth and I had a gig like straight what away. What the fuck? Um, so I think yeah, because it is a lot different. But yeah, it is. I think like you've got the extra time of setting up your windows, but being able to set them out correctly to suit your bond and everything like far outweighs, um, yeah, the the work in the east and the other. Thing you don't think about is you've generally got like a clear site so um mm, you know, so good <laughs> whereas like we, we could get to a site where it's you know we're already getting crammed on a small block and then you might have 15 other tradies there mm. and then it's just like i remember laying a wall around a window um and just having a plaster like they just put the plaster over the window and just started cutting around and they just had their saw coming out and hit my brick reveal oh well so they're working at the same time you guys are laying bricks oh yeah for what sure the hell? i didn't like, know that yeah it's 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 pretty crazy so i think um just having the clear site and then i think like get a little bit more power as well considering that the house doesn't move until the bricky finishes so yeah you're you've, you've definitely got some more power we're just in in the east a lot of the time we're just a veneer so yeah um which i think is it's still an art form but it's not as valued by the builder they just want to get their claims in so i mean it's important for lockup but it's not gonna um yeah it's definitely not as if the whole build's holding up on it so i did find moving into block work more and more on the critical path for builders. Like you definitely, uh, that risk is higher than for builders. So you're able to charge a little bit more. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, when it's just a veneer, they can keep moving. They might wait for the next quote or the next someone else who's a bit cheaper. So, mm. um, yeah, that was pretty much the main differences and, but it's hot it's bloody hot, you know, working yeah. with the sand and the slab. Oh yeah. It, it gets real hot. So yeah. And then insulation as well. Yeah. And the insulation. insulation. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't mind because we, we've done a few um, steel frames over there. Like they went through a period where they bring in like quite a few um, steel frames. So there'll be like single brick on the outside. Yep. But they've kind of gone a bit more away from that again now. It's gone a bit more back to double brick. Yeah. Um, and I didn't mind the steel frames. I actually found them like they were pretty good. But some of the times like the people that stood the frames wouldn't have measured the windows properly. So, yeah, you did have to cut a couple mil off your brickwork to make yep. it like work. Um. And the only other thing that I guess was the most annoying is like the heights are slightly different. And then when it comes to doing like your seals underneath the full height windows, if the um, slab, like the footings were too high, then you'd have to cut your long reach to yep. get it to fit under the doors. Yeah. And it's just a bit of a nightmare. That's so, like standard practice for us. Like, yeah, well, that's what I mean. It yeah. is, yeah. So like I guess when you're thinking of it as in building a house as a whole, standing your own window frames, I've had a few brickies of bitch and moan about um, having to stand the window frames. And yes, it does take time. And like, yeah, sometimes it is annoying, but it's so much easier. Like the yeah. beauty of um, steel frames, I reckon, is that the wind doesn't matter. Yeah. But when it's old brick, like the wind, if it's windy, you can't really like lay a lot. Like we well, can, but you just have to be more wary. Um, yeah. But yeah, other than that, I reckon old brick's pretty good. Another <laughs> thing I couldn't get my head around was the internal uh, walls are saying most people don't butter the perps. Now, is that something you do or you don't do? No, everyone, oh, everyone does. When did you go there last? I was... Would have been just before Melbourne Masonry. It's probably like nine, maybe nearly ten years. Yeah. Okay. So that was before my time, anyway. Um, yeah. 
So I don't know if maybe they've cracked down a little bit more, but I do know um, my apprentice boss, he had a friend that didn't perp his internal bricks, but he had yeah. the labourer go around for thready and fill them all. All right. Why well, just perp your bricks when you're there? That made no yeah. sense to me. So we I was were so buttering out of habit. It was so hard not to. And then by the end of it, we were just slamming them in. No buttering. So just because we thought we were the weird ones buttering them. Um, and another big change from here to Perth is um, the scaffold. So mm. we actually brought our own scaffold over. Um, we found it quicker to use that because I know back then a lot of the builders were supplying scaffolds for the brickies. Yeah, we are still, yep. Is that still how yeah. it works? Yeah. Yeah, so that's the other beauty about Perth as well is that we get like the cement and the scaffold like yeah. supplied and brought to the jobs. Like if you're, if you're yeah. um, working for like a company, yeah. contracting for them. Um, whereas here you guys supply all that yourself, don't you? Or No, it's, it does change quite a lot around Australia. So in Melbourne, um, for most of the builders, like you might, I think a lot of builders, you'll supply cement just because they're sick of brickies just wasting them. Or I've even heard stories of guys loading up the ute, taking them to a garden spot and sell them for cash. So, um, so yeah, we, it's generally cement, but I think in like Queensland, they supply sand and cement, um, it's yeah, you're generally never supplying sand. So yeah. And then it, it's a mix with hardware. Sometimes we're supplying hardware. It's like 50, 50. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah. So you guys, it's just like you rock up. Yeah. It's so, there. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if yeah. I remember, um, there was always door frames and stuff missing back when I was in Perth. Like, yeah. No, I've had, oh, the last two jobs that I've had now, I had all my props stolen from one job. Yeah. And then the second one I've just gone to, I um, had two window frames stolen down the side of the house that I wanted to build that day. Yeah. And then I had, I think like three lintels weren't on the order and then two or three lintels got stolen as well. But the lintels got stolen after the window frames then rocked up. <laughs> I was like, you so like, like I had major delays in that job. I'm like, this is a bloody pain. This is yeah. why it's good to not have a huge team either now at the moment yeah. because like now we're waiting on materials still. So yeah. otherwise I would have finished that house and had to come back to just go over the windows. Yeah. Pain. Yeah. <laughs> How do you effectively, so we'll go back to the app now, how do you efficiently monitor the app? Because like, I guess when you're thinking of it in a sense, you might think it's like those running watches. What were those um, ones that they had back in the day where you count how many yeah. steps that you're running, like the little ones that click? Yeah, like um, the Fitbit, but the early. Yeah, early I don't even know what they were called. Yeah. Um, how do you like make sure that the, I guess they're not comparing that to, I guess you're laboring. Yeah. And it's so actually laying bricks. That is going to be the hardest part is removing the noise out of it, which is like, you know, not registering something. But like I was saying, tech's come a long way. Um, and the guy, so my developer, um, he actually, it's funny enough, his dad is a brickie. Um, and he has been working on my first app. And, but he's, before working on that, he actually built and sold a company which was based on wearable devices. So we had a really, really high understanding of how smart watches work because you'd already built and sold a company based on that. Um, so first thing I did when I thought about it is I ran it past him. He's like, mate, that actually can work. And it's actually, um, we've already, cause we've already developed our proof of concept model and we've been testing that. Um, so it's basically, we've been doing a heap of videos, timestamps and sending the data to him so he can look, he's got to clean it and then he's got to build an algorithm to process it. So there's like a bunch, I think there's a, it's a gyroscope, um, an accelerometer and there's also I'm, I'm not sure what the other um, one's called but there's another one that tracks like it's like three it makes it nearly like a three-dimensional shape um, so it actually is very accurate there's when you're laying bricks because you're generally reaching across your body to your brick stack and there's yeah. that motion where it moves really quick across um, so that will be he'll have like a set of rules where it's basically like it has to move at a certain speed here and then you know your hand will sit still like over yeah um, yeah when you're laying for a little bit so all these really really small um 
like really small actions, but you set rules around them and it can be quite accurate. We're very confident we're going to get it over 95% accuracy. Um, That's pretty good. Yeah. So, and it's just going to be a bunch of testing. And then the other big thing is like with AI and machine learning now. So yeah. as soon as we sort of get it to a certain point, we'll just introduce machine learning and that will just keep improving the algorithm. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's yeah. really good. That's real smart. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, is it going to be a lot of trial and error as well once you actually launch the app or is it pretty much going to be good to go as soon as you launch it? So we're actually going to have it sort of the bones of it finished next week um, mm-hmm. and then we're going to go into a testing phase for about a month and this is purely to, yeah, test the, test the just pr- um, perfect the algorithm. So that will happen for about a month. Um, we're not going to launch it if it's not working correctly. Yeah, you don't We're know. very confident that it's going to be where we need it to be. So there might be a few bugs here and there early days. Um, that's We're going to be releasing it to the masses early. But, um, yeah, I mean, like any product or anything that's new, is there's going to be a bit of teething. But oh, yeah, it's going to be a massive, yeah. massive part yeah, of your process, life at the moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the, when we... Um, when we first like pulled the data out and looked at it, you, what you do is you actually like map it into like a visual. And when you visually looked at it over a time period, you could see the pattern of the bricks being laid. So even visually, it was really easy to see, which means that when you break it down, like really granular and you're, you know, you're down to a really small um, reading, it's very obvious where the bricks are being laid. But yeah, we're going to need to do a lot of testing around like moving bricks and other tasks. So the way we see it operating is like a, Think about like an Apple Watch now and you go for a run, even if you were running and it says, hey, are you running? And you click yes. Like it'll be like that. Yeah. So it's just like, hey, you're laying bricks now. Click yes. And yep. then, yeah, so we're going to try and keep the user experience really flow really nicely and yeah, just be easy and effortless. Mm. So I think we're going to, so when we launch, there'll be, I think we're going to do it free for Brickies. Um, so just because we want to get a lot of guys using it and I just think it's a really valuable tool. Um, and then we're going to have a paid account for business owners so you can basically have the insights into your business okay so and we want to yeah we want to get it um to the states and the uk sort of in the next 12 months so i don't know if this is gonna be like a bit too early days for me to ask but is with the app can you see potential growth in it for other avenues so let's just say yep you're getting the bricks in and that what's the long-term growth are you gonna then maybe bring some of your coaching like business coaching aspects into the app um like is there room for growth in there or you're not yeah. really thinking about that just yet no i mean we just want to we're just going to listen to brickies so we're going to release it and we're just going to listen to brickies but i think the main thing i'm you know that i enjoy is like that the problem solving so taking out things in the day that stress you out and yeah and really problem solving that for brickies so i really want to like my ethos is to answer as many questions and do as much as i can for these guys with little mm. amount of effort so i really want to focus on all right We've got all this data coming in. What can I now do with it? How can I help these guys with this data and make it effortless? So you can always have like a little community, um, like business owner. Like if you're going to have like a paid part of it, you can always have like a little community chat in there as well. Yeah, for sure. Which I mean, will be good. Yeah. So that, again, all of these ideas are open, but I'm going to be um, taking feedback from and, and sort of see what the market wants. Yeah. So, um, see where it takes you. Yeah. So it might be like tapping on scheduling and um, just other, yeah, high <laughs> – areas of pain you know in your business like maybe um another one would be potentially like you know well i think number one just knowing what you need to charge so we could have like when you lay bricks you'll put in what unit type it is and then when you're quoting something you can just look in the library and it's got like an average in your area of how many people lay you know of that unit type oh i love that that's yeah. really good so there's like so many just good opportunities to again it's just shared data share like yeah. just sharing that so 
no one's doing their, you know, doing their, um, doing their ass on a job. And like another thing as well, which I'm sort of sick of saying is there's so many guys like, Oh, what are you charging for this? What are you charging yeah. for that? When the real question should be how many of these are you laying, you know, with your team and then breaking it down that way. So, um, and then the app will do all that for you. You won't need even need to know. It'll just basically say, all right, you're laying that brick. You need to charge this much to make it. Yeah. Margin. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's actually really good. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of those things that they don't come to front of mind, but it can do so much without yeah. you even having to know. Yeah. So that's, that's what comes down to like, you look and go, oh, brickies, they're going to be using an app. It's like, yeah, but it's not really, it's like, it's, it takes the data to do something with it. It'll just tell you more about what you need to know. Mm. So definitely investing in this. <laughs> yeah. This is good. Yeah. I'd like to, um, I'd like to get over to Perth and I mean, you guys lay a lot of bricks, so yeah. <laughs> it'll be super interesting over there. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to creating the app, is there any like do's and don'ts, um, that you've had so far? Yeah. So definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just having to learn software has been yeah. a hell of a lot, but I'm someone who likes to learn. So I've been doing a lot of learning about it. I've done a few courses just to sort of bring my knowledge up. Um, yeah, I'd say like you got to really have a good think about the problem and get fixated on the problem, not so much the solution. So, you know, like really my original app would have solved a lot of these problems that I'm trying to do, but it didn't do it in a way that I thought was suitable for the market. It was um, just a bit, you know, still asking guys to have to do something every day and, you know, do their hours and use an interface that isn't great and, and just having to, to do that. I just thought there's a better way of doing it. So, um, so yeah, focusing on the solution more than the problem. And um, what's the do's and don'ts of that? It's expensive. Um, and just, yeah, spend a lot of time in planning because it's really hard. It's it's like imagine trying to build a house without a set of plans, you know, with someone that mm. has no experience. It's not going to go well. So um, that's why, you know, I've had the other app for like two and a half, three years and I've taken my time because I wanted to get it right. And yeah. I wasn't ready to really invest heavily until I was happy with the way that I was going to solve the problem. Yeah. Did you find you had to like um, invest in other people to help you with the app? Like let's say I'm going to start an app. I will hire someone that is good in the IT area to help explain IT and show me all those things. Did you have to do that as well? Well. Or are you pretty good with um, learning how to do it Yeah, definitely need help. Like for sure. So I was, so I had an agency originally build my web app. Okay. Yep. But um, then I found later on, once I got a few guys on and um, I actually left the agency and found a freelancer, that there was a lot of problems with the code. So it was unscalable, which means that like as you scale, the problems get worse. Um, and that's something that with a tech business that is super stressful is knowing like if people are relying on it and it goes down, that's yeah. it's a big problem. Yeah. So um, so that that's my um, – with my developer now, he's still the same guy that I've been using for about two years and he's fixed a lot of the code in the original app. Um, but he actually came on as a co-founder with like a small percentage. So that for me was definitely worth it that I've got something that's like invested in the product. That's awesome. That so, helps. Yeah. So that was, that was big. Um, I mean, I would have still done it anyway, but I think it's just going to be so much better of a product having someone who's quite seasoned and professional and experienced, like really mm. sorting it out, you know, and especially in something like this where it, it is simple product, but it's doing, you know, a pretty complex algorithm and there's a lot of data handling. There's a lot of data. If you think about a bunch of brickies all laying bricks every day and it's sending data and you've got to like handle that and give them accurate um, results from it. Like it's a lot of 
yeah, there's a lot can go wrong. So yeah, um, yeah, I definitely would advise if you're going to do anything like that, it's probably worth having someone invested that's yeah. technical. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, you definitely don't want to try and just do things yourself that you're unconfident with. Like yeah. it do, it pays to pays to venture out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. By the time your app releases this, um, well, by the time this episode releases, your app may be released. So um, I will pop that in the show notes for this business as well. And did you want me to tag any other accounts or anything? Yeah, you can do the Brick Business um, and Lane Master. Lane Master, yep. Yep. Awesome. All right, I'll pop them in the show notes. Um, now, before we wrap things up today, I do have some quick rapid fire questions that I want wanted to ask. So... What is something that you implement into your daily routine to always be consistent? Yep. So I'm going to say gym in the morning, Yep. 5 a.m. every weekday, get to the gym. doesn't matter if you don't want to go, you just get it done and it just starts your day well. Amazing. What is the proudest accomplishment that you have so far? Um, I think we touched on this earlier and it is really some of the people I've been able to help and in particular the one guy who's like I said, he's now a good mate of mine and I've been able to help him grow his business and understand the journey really quickly. So that's been a pretty big accomplishment of mine. Yeah, that'd be so inspiring. Yeah. Um, and if you weren't a bricklayer, what would you be? I really don't know, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'd definitely be solving impactful problems. But other than that, I'm not too sure. I think I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing. I was so. going to say, you've got so much going on and you've done so much. Like, I feel yeah. like this is like such an awesome path. Leaving, leaving no stone unturned. So anything <laughs> I want to do, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Awesome. That way. I think we have a very similar mindset in that way. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Let's Talk Tradies. If you like this episode or think you might know someone who could get something from this episode, please like it and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me in at Let's Talk Tradies. Oh, 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 oh,